the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Bethany was very much like a second home to Jesus and his disciples. He was good friends with Lazarus, Martha and Mary. He stayed there often. By the way, uh, the town of Bethany today, uh, it's an Arab village. It's an Arab town. Uh, And its name in Arabic today means the place of Lazarus. Uh, That town 2,000 years later is still known for this miracle that took place there in Jesus' time. The account of Jesus' raising Lazarus from the dead demonstrates a number of things about his character. The act of bringing him back to life shows his divine power over death, while his weeping over the pain his friends were experiencing shows us his compassion and empathy. As Pastor Dan continues our study in John in today's message, these characteristics will be made clear. He's not a cold, distant God. Jesus feels the same love for you as he did for Lazarus and his sisters. Now, here's Pastor John in the book of John, chapter 11, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John chapter 11, and I'm going to read for us beginning in verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. The Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. And these things he said, after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps but I go that I may wake him up. And then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. 
Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that it had already been, that he had already been in the tomb four days. Well, John's gospel features seven miracles that Jesus performed. Now, Jesus, of course, performed a lot more than seven miracles. Uh, In fact, at the end of the gospel of John, John tells us that if all the things that Jesus did were written down one by one, that the world could not contain the volumes of books that would be written. But John's gospel highlights seven miracles in particular. And this miracle in chapter 11, raising Lazarus from the dead, is the seventh miracle recorded in John's gospel. So it's the last one recorded in John's gospel. And it is the climactic miracle of our Lord's earthly ministry. Uh, This miracle is in a class all by itself. That's why John saves it to last as the last recorded miracle in his gospel. It is the miracle of miracles. Uh, It is the big one. Jesus raised other people from the dead in his ministry. Uh, But this this raising of Lazarus, this this is different from the other occasions when Jesus raised someone from the dead. And, and you might think, well, how can it be different? Once you're dead, you're dead. You know, raising a person from the dead is no different from raising another person from the dead. They're both dead, and, and that's true. That's true. But this miracle is different, and here's how it's different. Uh, Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead in Mark chapter 5. And when Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, she had been dead only for a few moments. She hadn't been dead very long. Uh, In Luke chapter 7, when Jesus raised the son of the widow of Nain in Galilee, if you remember that story, uh, he raised the son of the widow of Nain. Uh, He also had just died. Uh, They buried their dead the same day that they died. And if you remember that takes place during the funeral when Jesus raised him from the dead. So, so he had just died that day. So for both of those, uh, Jesus raised them shortly after they died. Raising Lazarus was different. Uh, Jesus raised Lazarus four days after he died. When Jesus arrives in Bethany, the town of Lazarus, you know, the funeral's over. The funeral happened four days before that. Lazarus has, has been buried in the tomb for four days when Jesus shows up. Uh, after four days, decomposition begins. Rigor mortis sets in. A, a body that's been dead for four days, it, the body becomes bloated. The blood pools in the lowest part of the body and leaks out of the body. Uh, The skin blisters and splits. Uh, The internal organs after four days uh, liquefy. I think you've got the idea, okay? Lazarus has been dead for four days. They've had the funeral. He's buried. Everybody knew Lazarus was dead. 
unlike, in some ways, unlike the others that Jesus raised from the dead, who were dead only a short time, with the other two that Jesus raised, uh, skeptics could say, well, maybe they weren't really dead. You know, maybe people just thought they were dead. Uh, Maybe they were in a coma. Maybe they were mostly dead, right? But not really dead kind of thing. Mostly dead is almost alive. And the skeptics could say that Jesus didn't really raise those two from the dead. It's not really a miracle. But with Lazarus, Lazarus was dead. He's dead dead. He's four days dead. He's decomposing dead. So this miracle can't be denied. It can't be dismissed. Uh, It can't be dismissed as just some trick that Jesus did, some con job or a parlor trick that Jesus did and fooled everybody into thinking that he was dead when really he wasn't. I don't know if you saw earlier this year, there was a pastor in South Africa that tried to stage a resurrecting someone from the dead in front of a crowd. And it was all a hoax. It was all staged. It was a con. And that guy's getting sued now by the funeral home that provided the casket and the funeral services uh, for them. This, there's no way this is a con. There's, there's no way that Jesus faked this or duped the, the crowd. He's been dead four days. He's buried when Jesus shows up. Uh, verse 1 again says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Lazarus is also the brother of Mary and Martha, as we see later uh, in the passage. Just to give you some context here, chapter 10 took place during the Feast of Dedication. The Feast of Dedication occurs usually in December. Uh, Chapter 12 will be Passover. Passover takes place in April. Uh, So we are somewhere now between December and April when Lazarus gets sick and he dies. Uh, We're told that Lazarus lived in a town called Bethany. Bethany was about two miles away from Jerusalem. Uh, Bethany sat on the eastern slope of the Mount of Olives. Uh, The the western slope faces Jerusalem. So just over the, the top of the Mount of Olives and down the eastern side, the side that faces the Dead Sea and the Jordan River, on that side of the Mount of Olives was the village of, of Bethany. Uh, we know from the Gospels that when Jesus went to the feasts in Jerusalem, he often stayed in Bethany at the house of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. So Bethany was very much like a second home to Jesus and his disciples. He was good friends with Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. He stayed there often. By the way, uh, the town of Bethany today, uh, it's an Arab village, it's an Arab town, uh, and its name in Arabic today means the place of Lazarus. Uh, That town 2,000 years later is still known for this miracle that took place there in Jesus' time. The best known story, of course, about Mary and Martha is found in Luke chapter 10. When Jesus came to their house for dinner, uh, and you remember the story, Martha was busy serving while Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to him teach, and Martha then complained to Jesus that she's doing all the work and Mary's not helping out, and Jesus responded to Martha, Martha, you are distracted by much serving. Mary has chosen the better part. It's, It's that same Martha and Mary in our story here. 
We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. In verse 2, it says, It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now, that takes place during the Passover that is to come, the last Passover before Jesus is crucified and resurrected. If you flip over a page in your Bible to chapter 12 and look at verse 3, so this is after Jesus enters Jerusalem for the last Passover, On his way to the cross, chapter 12, verse 3, Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. So that's that's what's referred to in chapter 11, verse 2. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, because he was sick, the sisters sent to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Now, we don't know what Lazarus was sick with. Uh, We know Lazarus will die from this sickness. Um, In fact, when we look at the timeline that is laid out here in chapter 11, it, it appears that Lazarus dies uh, the same day that the messengers are sent to Jesus to tell Jesus that he's sick. He dies the same day, uh, as as we'll see. Uh, So Lazarus dies quickly from this sickness. Uh, He dies suddenly, unexpectedly. And notice the message the sisters sent to Jesus in verse 3. They say, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. I, I love what they say here. He whom you love is sick. The basis of their appeal to Jesus is the Lord's love. The Lord's love for Lazarus. They don't say, Lord, the one who loves you is sick. And they don't say, Lord, the one whose house you stay in when you come to Jerusalem is sick. Or Lord, the one who feeds you and your twelve disciples when you come to Jerusalem and never, and never ask for any money towards groceries is sick. Lord, you owe him. Do something. They, they, they don't appeal on the basis of that kind of basis. Instead, they say, the one whom you love is sick. That's the basis of their appeal. Not not based on anything that Lazarus has done for Jesus or anything that Lazarus has done to deserve Jesus' help, but they appeal solely on 
Jesus' love for Lazarus. So the one whom Jesus loved has become sick. And one observation we can make right here at the beginning of the chapter is this. Jesus loved Lazarus, and yet Lazarus got sick. And he died from that sickness. Jesus loved Lazarus, and he got sick, and he died. There is, there is a false teaching uh, that is popular today, and was, it's been popular for a very long time, that says Christians don't get sick. If you have enough faith, you won't get sick. And, and you have, you have uh, people that are teaching that God wants you to be healthy and wealthy and happy. You know, this whole, uh, you know, this whole prosperity doctrine, this name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, whatever you want to call it, where you just, have to, you just have to claim in the name of Jesus that good health, right? And you just, in the name of Jesus, you send away that sickness. And if you have enough faith, Jesus will heal you. Well, what we see in Scripture, and that's what we want to look at. What does Scripture say about that? What does the Bible say? Well, what we see here is that Jesus loved Lazarus, and Lazarus became sick, and he became sick and died from the sickness. When we look at the life of the Apostle Paul, I mean, the Apostle Paul talks about how he had a thorn in his flesh, apparently some kind of sickness. He talks about a problem with his eyes. He's got this thorn in his flesh that he prayed repeatedly that God would take it away, and God wouldn't take it away. Uh, you, you look at the life and ministry of Paul as Paul describes it uh, in his writings of all of the things he suffered and all of the things he experienced, all of the hardship that he went through for the sake of the gospel, you know, being uh, imprisoned and stoned and whipped and uh, at sea and shipwrecked and, and, you know, and perils within and perils without and and on and on. And he's an apostle. And he suffered. You look at Hebrews chapter 11, which is called the Hall of Faith, uh, especially towards the end of the chapter, and you see so many faithful believers who suffered, who suffered. You know, sickness happens to all people, including believers. People that Jesus loves get sick. Tragedy happens to people that Jesus loves. They die of sickness and disease. You know, we're all going to die of the last sickness we get, right? <laughs> but you're going to die from it. It's, it's not a, it, it has nothing really to do with, with uh, your faith or not. Being a believer doesn't exempt us from sickness or disease or, or trials or tragedies or death. Don't, don't think that because Jesus loves you, you'll never suffer. Or that, that uh, Jesus' love for you and suffering uh, are incompatible. The Father loved the Son, and the Son suffered on the cross for the sins of the world. The Son suffered. So that's one thing that we observe here right off the bat. That, that Jesus loved Lazarus, yet Lazarus was sick. Another thing we see here is when Lazarus became sick, Martha and Mary immediately sent for Jesus. And that's a good example for us to follow. When we, when we come into a trial or tragedy strikes suddenly in our life, call upon Jesus. Immediately call upon Jesus for help. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, 
Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Psalm 50, verse 15, the Lord says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. And that's what Mary and Martha did. They called upon the Lord in the day of trouble. They sent a message to Jesus. And now verse 4, the messenger comes to Jesus, tells him that the one whom he loves is sick, and now Jesus is going to give a message back to be delivered to Martha and Mary. And when Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So Jesus sends this message back to Martha and Mary, and the message is this. This sickness is not unto death, or this sickness will not end in death, but it has happened for the glory of God. For the glory of God. What a promise. Martha and Mary, they, they received this message, and it, what a promise. What a comfort it must have been for them to hear from Jesus that this sickness will not end in death, but, but will bring glory to God. Look at verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, Mary, and Lazarus. Jesus loved them all. Now, if you're a note taker, there are two different Greek words that are used here for love in these, in these verses. You know, of course, you probably know that there's several Greek words that are translated as love, and English, and they have different meanings. In verse 3, when the messenger says to Jesus, the one whom you love is sick, that's the Greek word phileo, which means friendship, love, or fondness. The word used in verse 5 is agapeo, which is unconditional love. It's self-sacrificing love. And verse 5 is in the imperfect tense in the Greek, and what that means is it's, it's ongoing, it's never ceasing, It's unending love. So let me put this together for you. The messenger comes and says, Lord, your good buddy, your friend, is sick. And Jesus has an ongoing, unconditional, sacrificial, deep love for Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. Okay, so that's, that's what's being said here. Jesus has this ongoing, unconditional, sacrificial, deep love for Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. Now look at verse 6. So, when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Now in your Bible, next to verse 6, you can write the word, Huh? It doesn't make sense, does it? Jesus has this deep love for this family. And when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed two more days where he was. We think it should say, you know, something like Jesus had a deep love for Lazarus, Martha and Mary. And so he immediately rushed to Lazarus's bedside and healed him. Or he spoke a word and Lazarus was healed instantly in that hour. Not, he had a deep love for them, so he waited two days. Now this tells us something very important about God and God's uh, character, God's nature. What does it tell us about God? Well, first of all, uh, it tells us that God is not on the same timetable we're on. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truth. 
Thanks for joining Pastor Dan Sexton today to study the book of 1 John on Ring of Truth. This New Testament letter encourages its readers to grow in faith, to set aside personal agendas, and unite in a pursuit of God's plans. The author wants those who follow Christ to experience Him fully, as well as experience the beautiful gift of a church community. Having a body of believers around you to support and encourage you in your personal walk with Christ is important. You'll also find that a body of believers is somewhere you can be Jesus' hands and feet to others. Are you part of a church? If not, we want to encourage you to find one soon. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website, calvaryec.com. You can also give us a call for more information. Our phone number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're honored to be able to share God's Word with you through each edition of Ring of Truth. If you'd like to listen to additional teachings from this series, you'll find them at calvaryec.com. That's all for now. Join us next time for more on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize